Hey friends, welcome to the Relationship Paso Paso podcast, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by four smart and sassy Jamaican ladies currently living in the U.S. with almost two decades of friendship. Our aim is for you to see a piece of yourself in us and maybe learn a thing or two as we discuss our everyday lives. Thanks for spending time with us. Now let's jump into our dose of Pasa Pasa. What time is it? Pasa Pasa! Pasa Pasa! Time? So, hey everyone, welcome to episode 11. We're very excited. Um, we hope that everyone is being safe and healthy and getting lots of sun and vitamin D. And I'm still talking about sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we jump in, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Um, Last week was our last episode was our first time recording via video and your feedback has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for that. For hitting us up on YouTube, Insta, Facebook and text and letting us know kind of how you are engaging with the content. So we really appreciate you making time to do that. Um, I know that we are all kind of on restriction with the quarantine situation. But you still have a lot of choices around the content you consume. And so we appreciate you making time to do that with us. Um, so before we begin, for our podcast audience, let's do roll call. Uh, this is Carrie. Mish. Hey. So. Hi, guys. Awesome. Char. Hey. Okay. So today we are talking about trauma porn uh, and more specifically black trauma porn. Uh, and I think... We, um, the funny but not so funny story about this topic is we had talked about doing this quite some time ago. We put it on the list of, you know, things we wanted to discuss in this setting and we put it off because initially we were going to talk about it and it was a lot going on and we felt like we wanted to wait for things to settle down. And then when we waited for things to settle down, here we are and now we're in the midst of a little, even more going on. Um, and so... Now is a good a time as any to have the conversation. We also wanted to acknowledge that this can be an emotionally charged topic. And we encourage you to mind your emotional safety while you're listening to this. Um, and I think it's that's true for all of us. Every last one of us on, on the podcast today um, feel that way. And so we totally respect you being emotionally safe while listening to this episode. Um, so we consistently see in the media, of course, traumatic events daily, right? Whether it's with about or black people or not. But most recently, this week, we've learned about this very tragic murder of George Floyd um, in what is the latest in a string of, of murders and assault on black men and women. And... We've talked about this in our groups, you know, our like internal group chats, but we thought this would be a great space to share that conversation with you all and in some small way help to process the feelings about what's going on uh, and share in kind of how we're all feeling across the board. We wanted to start with what is trauma porn um, because we wanted to start from a baseline, so a shared understanding. And so trauma porn is really any type of media, whether it's written, photographed, or filmed, 
and it's intended to exploit traumatic moments of adversity, right? Um, to generate buzz and notoriety and social media attention. And so that's really what we're starting off at, you know, with in terms of definitions. With that being said, the definition is really just a starting place. And we understand trauma is a subjective experience. And so the boundaries are often very blurry and they're left open to a lot of interpretation. And so again, we hope today's discussion helps to parse some of the layers of this topic and bring about a bit of peace and clarity um, that can help us move forward. What time is it? Passa, passa. Time. Passa, passa. Time. Every girl, every girl, every girl, every girl. I Passa, passa. So with that in mind, I wanted to open the floor up to the ladies to chime in about what has been your experience with, with Black trauma porn. Shard, go ahead. I know you want to go. <laughs> I'm very vocal when I don't like things. You know, I was like, my lines aren't blurred. Um, I'm on the block very quick on the block when I, you know, when people share some of these things, I think I've had, I would say an inkling about trauma porn since I used to watch those, um, do you remember those um, commercials they would show um, from people in third world countries? Could be the Caribbean or it could be Africa. Africa. And the flies and... Mm -hmm. some, yeah. So from I was young, <laughs> I remember being like, I don't know if I'm super sensitive, but I like things like that bother me. So mm -hmm. I feel like I've always been too sensitive to witnessing um, like suffering and pain, death and like violence. Um, so I'm very sensitive to that. So I would say that my experience with trauma porn has always been negative. Um, I have never needed to see it um, to feel like something needs to be done or want to help or whatever. But I, what I will tell you is, I guess more recently, I think the last piece of trauma porn I saw was that 15-year-old girl. She, she was in Texas at this pool party and um, someone called the cops on them because they said they were trespassing. And to get the kids out, she's a 15-year-old young lady and the cop was like, to me, assaulting her, but I guess they thought he was restraining her. She was in a oh, swimsuit. I remember. And I saw that, and then two other black kids were going to help her, and he drew his gun at a pool party. Right. He, yo, so I was ready right then and there <laughs> for the fight. So if you imagine that that ignites me so much, yeah. just understand that I cannot, will not watch any of the ones that are going across the web right now. If right. I see them, I report them. I'm that person. If I could block the person, I block the person. I mute them. It's just, that's yeah. not, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, when people try to show me things, I'm just like, you yeah, know, and I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't want to say squeamish, but I'm kind of squeamish when it comes to 
things in general. Like I don't want, even if it's like I, anything, the time when they were feeding the dog to the alligators more recently. Y'all remember that? The, no, in Jamaica? But- <laughs> in Jamaica, it was a big thing because they were feeding, there was this, there's this, um, what do you call that? Like up by UA. Um, the it's I'm pretty sure it's not up by UA, but where they collect the water and this uh, alligator is living in the water, and they started bringing dogs to feed the like the dam, and they started bringing dogs to feed and videotaping it, and it was a bit to to the point where the um, U.S. embassy asking for people for information to bring the people in. Anyway, I can't watch that. I don't have. I'm just. I can't watch anything. No. Where people, animals, any of it. it no, I just can't watch it. Um, and I think I didn't realize how much I couldn't watch it until I actually watched it. Um, and we've discussed this previously, where I say that when we were growing up in Jamaica the color of your skin wasn't really a hindrance. Like people didn't look at you and determine the type of person that you were just because of the color of your skin. Now, let's not be fooled by the idea that there is colorism in Jamaica. There is definitely colorism in Jamaica. Um, There are shades to the blackness Um, and people assume the type of person that, or how much wealth, et cetera, you have based on colorism, but that's a whole different ball game. I'm not going to stand next to somebody who is white or who's Indian and they're going to be like, oh, we think you did it or we think that's not the case. So when I came to America, that it that was something that I had to learn, that there is now an extra layer to it. Um, before it was like, OK, what political party you you're with that those are the things you stay away from the conversations that you stay away from how much money you have if you're brown with kind of curly hair maybe you live uptown um those are the conversations you stay away from not black versus white it wasn't that blatant um and then i think once i mean yes you saw it you heard about it but I didn't really experience it. I didn't really see it that much. Um, And then Obama was elected. And I think um, his election created like a false illusion of a post-racial society where, okay, we're now beyond it. We're now, this is not something we, this is, we've reached the, we reached the point where they can accept a black president. So they can accept black people. say they I mean everybody but black people mm-hmm. not just they like white people but everybody but black people are accepting black people and I think we didn't realize how bad it was because we were under the illusion that that's what it was and then I saw the video of Eric Garner and I don't even know how I ended up seeing that video but I ended up seeing it and it was short enough for me to be like, what did I just see? But not long enough for me to, it wasn't, I saw it once, it wasn't imprinted in my brain, but it was traumatic. And then I saw Philando Castile. I don't know how I ended up seeing that video. I have no idea, but I saw that video. And let me just tell you, I bawled with that little, the little girl in the back seat, bawled. <laughs> Because I could, it's like I'm watching the video and 
I can't, I, I'm, I can't imagine what's going on. Like, I'm like, my brain is not, it's, it's not holding on to it. And I realize that I can't watch anymore. I cannot. There's, it's just not possible. I, my brain can't take it. Every time I think about it, I want to cry. I mean, yeah, no. So I stay away from everything. And that includes pictures. That includes even mm-hmm. having conversations with people about what they're posting, um, videos, pictures, anything. Stay away from it as much as humanly possible. Because as I'm going through my feed, obviously you're going through your feed right now. It's a lot. It's all it is. You're seeing the option to click on the video. You're seeing a picture of him in his last moments. Um, you're just seeing everything. You can't hide unless you stay away from it. But I try because I can't. And I haven't even been dealing with this, but for the last, I don't know, couple of years. There are people who have been dealing with it for centuries. Their whole so life. I don't even know how. No, seriously. I don't even know how they're dealing with it, but I, I just decided I'm not, I, I am, I, and I don't think it, it might be healthy because I realized that I am raising two children, two black children, and I need to figure out how to raise them in a way, I don't even want to say where they're safe because even when people don't do anything, you're not safe. So how to... I don't even know how to how to just deal with the society as it is. And I think I'm trying to delay it as much as possible because I don't want to expose them to um, too much too soon and things unnecessarily. I'm hoping things will change enough as they get older where I'm going to be like, yeah, back in the day, this used to happen as opposed to saying right now, this is happening right now, et cetera, et cetera. I'm in denial and I know it <laughs> because 20 years ago, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm here. Tell them about the greatness of black people. And I mean, anything yeah. else they see when they grow up is that those people business. That's not on us. Right. That, that is not on us. Yeah. So I mean I mean I get I do understand the motive behind sharing the videos. I get it because I don't, there are certain people who will not take it seriously. The the chick in Canada, I think that fell out or they pushed her off the building. Y'all heard about that one, right? They pushed her off the building. No. I'm looking in the comments and they're like, oh, you know, they had a, some kind of disagreement. They, the cops came, they ushered them out of the, out of the apartment Next thing you know, the chick is on the ground. They're saying she jumped. Her family's like, she did not jump. Y'all pushed her. And in the comments, people are like, where's the video? Why didn't y'all video it? I'm like, why do we? I get it. So people won't take it seriously unless there is proof, I think. But I also don't need a video. I don't need a video. question becomes, who's the video for? Who's the right. audience? I buy that. Right. Mm-hmm. If the video is for the family and for the attorneys involved, then mm-hmm. I'm 100% for the video. Same. Mm-hmm. It's the trauma porn aspect of it. Right. Because sometimes right. you do need evidence. Because people will say they didn't oh. do anything. And they're like, oh, but I have the video. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm on oh, team. But I have record. I'm oh. on team hit record. 
Yep. I yeah. don't mean this, what we're talking about is the trauma porn like aspect of it all. And yeah. I don't think people need that. If you need that to care that someone died, right. I think that's a reflection of our society. Okay. But let me ask so, so what is your experience with trauma porn? Like what was what's been your experience? Because I know you're not on social media as much as I think any of us. Right. I I have purposefully remained silent for a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm traumatized. I am I am traumatized um, for so many reasons. I I purposefully have been trying to um, limit the amount of time that I go on, and I really only go on Facebook for the most part. But uh, my WhatsApp, I went to post a thing on my WhatsApp feed, mm-hmm. and. The first thing I saw, I clicked on a friend's thing. I'm like, oh, what is this? And the first thing I saw was someone um, post a picture of a close-up of um, of the young guy. My thing is, I, I a close a picture, and I, to this day, every time I close my eyes, I'm seeing his eyes. It's like it's all I see in my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, that wasn't necessary. Like, I'm sorry, it wasn't necessary. The video, it's necessary. Because as we all know, with our videos, they're going to tell, they're going to make up their own story and yeah. tell you that's not what happened. And the I... video was necessary. Do you need to post the video on everybody's Facebook page? <laughs> no. Give it to the lawyer. Let the lawyer bring it to the court. And as Shaifer just said, if as a human being, you need a video for you to sympathize with a person who died in custody, custody of the police officer, then you should really think about that. But um, in yeah. terms of just the, 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 the pictures and everything that's going around, as Misha said, for me, it's not just a picture of a, a guy who, who's dead. My husband is Black. My, my brothers are Black. I'm raising a Black daughter. As Misha said, I, I I have to think about how am I going to prepare my daughter for, mm-hmm. for the inevitable. And I'm not saying, you know, she's going to be walking down the street and be shot by a police. I'm praying that it never happened. But guess what? You never know because that that those young people's parents never expect that to happen to their kids either. You know, when... um. When people leave their house to go to the grocery store to go buy snacks and don't make it back home, you know, when when I go, I mean, no, no one expect that that would, would have happened to their child, right? So even though I, I'm hoping this happened to my child, I have to be cognitive of the fact that it's not impossible, yeah. right? The, the the society that we now live in, it is not impossible. Right. And for that reason, as much as I, I'm overwhelmed by the trauma porn, a, a part of me, I feel like with all the pictures, it's desensitizing people to what's really, to, to the whole thing. Like, you, now it's just like, okay, another one, you know? Yep. And it just can't be another one. <laughs> it can't mm-hmm. be another one. It, it, I'm, I'm, uh. So you bring up a good point, though, because I guess... That leads into this question of, is there a balance between increasing the awareness of this injustice that's happening, right? And that's like the legal piece, like this is the evidence of the injustice, 
And is there a way to balance that with overexposure, right? Everyone's watching the same thing. And that overexposure is really you're exploiting, you're exploiting black people. You know, my, um, my, um, <laughs> I once listened to a sermon and the pastor was saying that um, if you want to make something common, just, you know, throw it all over the place. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you want to make a, a bag, a common, a, a pocketbook, let everybody buy it. You know, <laughs> everybody have the same pocketbook. It's no longer, it no longer values anything. It loses its value, right? So my thing is, by by just flooding every social media and everything, I I'm all I'm all for making people aware of what's going on, but I don't think it. I don't know if it's doing more good than bad, and this this is this is from Sophia, right? Right. So I just feel like now people are just like, oh, another one, and they're scrolling mm -hmm. scrolling through, and yeah. it's not what it's supposed to be. Like I feel like it's losing the the, the true value of the seriousness of the of the issue you know so that's that is from Sophia nobody needs to cut my head off for it personally I just feel like it's not become oh another one just another one I agree with your soul and you know as you say it if that's Sophia that's Sharifa too and the same and you can come and ask me about it because I could tell you about it but you know what another part of me thinks that sometimes, unfortunately, and this is not my opinion, this is my observation, people, mm. it doesn't gain worldwide, um, like, people don't get outraged and incensed till they see it. They see a black man getting beat and dragged, so now they care. So it goes viral, like, not just in the U.S., it goes viral everywhere, and so now, I don't know if Americans feel this way. I hope they do. I hope we are embarrassed. You know, like worldwide, for this is how you're treating human beings mm -hmm. in your country. So, I mean, I don't know how to, you know? Yeah. I don't know how to, I, yeah. That's to, a, to that's me a the, thought, but not necessarily the, something I, I can really support, but. Mm -hmm. The embarrassment would be worth it if there would if there was an outcome that was favorable. So in all these cases, we're burning down everything. This cannot continue. They're like, yeah, we're gonna arrest them, we're gonna charge them, and then they're like, okay, we didn't see anything wrong with what they did, or they're gonna get five years, or whatever. The it, it just does not fit. And then you are wondering if all of it was for naught. And that's that's been the case for every single one. They put the people's faces out there. They put their dying moments out there and people are outraged. And then mm -hmm. they die a second death in mm -hmm. the justice system. They Absolutely. die a second death. And it, to me, it's hard to watch. It's hard It's hard to participate. It's hard to retweet. It's hard to share on Instagram, it's hard to share on Facebook, and then nothing comes of it. And we're back in there, and then people vote Trump in, and then it's two steps forward, 20 steps back. Mm -hmm. It's just hard, it's hard to watch, it's hard to be a part of, it's just hard. And at this point, I'm I'm just like, whatever. I, I don't wanna be a part of it, I just, it's whatever. 
because what are you going to do? It is a, right, it's a systems question. And at the end of the day, we all know a system's going to get what it's designed to get, right? So no matter the decision point, whether it's the decision to arrest, the conviction, and then what happens post-conviction, right? Right. So it's like, we can demand change in the arrest part of that equation, but once it gets into the arrest, we got to have some legal advocacy. Somebody got to be in the system to hold, to keep, to maintain the accountability past right. arrest. Because it's right. like you get arrested, but now it's, a fl- it's like a slap in the face because nothing happens. It's like a, okay, we're going to do this thing to quell the, the, the unrest, mm-hmm. but nothing's going to come of it. And I think there's, you know, there's a whole piece around desensitizing you to the justice system that happens when right. people don't get held accountable. Correct. Right? Like, that's its own thing. But, the but that's the biggest part of it. The, I mean, well, that, that's, that's the problem. But then there's also, I mean, I mean, so there are things we could probably, we could do from the system's point of view, like there's elections and other places to engage where you're voting for um, local things like DA and mayors and um, councilmen and police chief and whoever need. Like those are the ones that you encounter on the road. You know, president for sure. But I'm just saying these are the ones day to day maybe if you want to do a systems thing, and certainly when you see jury duty notice, don't don't shy away from it because it's a juror of your peers. You're a peer, and if you don't show up, somebody else is gonna show up with an opinion on right. your behalf. I always show up. I'd be wanting yeah. to show up and be like, and I don't even live <laughs> in a, notice. <laughs> I don't even live in a neighborhood that's like lacking. I mean, relatively maybe it's lacking, but no, Northeast, I don't think it's lacking. And when I went to jury, when I went to grand jury, I think there was like two people of color. Right. So it's like, where, yeah, where's the representation? So I'm aware I get kind of disheartened is it's hard to fight a system, right? Like mass incarceration didn't just happen overnight. Like this, the system was designed for that to happen that way. Right. So I do agree that we have to engage in local elections and writing people and calling people and letting them know we care about these things. Whether or not we're moving it forward, it's it's hard to measure because it yeah. doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I can't give up on that. Like, no, I'm not giving up on anything. Everybody. Like, you got to keep going. Like, there's no... I will do anything. Right. I will go local and I will go march. I will... Like we can do it. We can chew a walk. Can walk and chew gum. Yeah. No, but for real. The question is though, but what? The, we're all not on the same page. I think we're all on the same page to say, listen, we want our basic human rights, right? right. Like this person need to not walk down the street and you see him as a dog. That the basic human rights. Let's mm-hmm. start with that. But right. the problem is, I I just don't think we're still united on what we want as a people. So people are like, okay. We are out here, we're marching, we're burning down everything until we can get basic human rights. But then what? What happens after that? So we're spreading these videos and these images and saying, look how they treat us. 
Mm-hmm. Look how they treat us. And people are like, yeah, that's terrible. We need, we'll walk with you. We'll fight with you. But what, wh- what's, what's really happening? <laughs> what's, well, what is really happening? That's, the, that's a good question because part of that question sounds like, well, what is the cost, right? right? What is the cost of all of this to us as individuals, to us as the people, et cetera? And then what happens next? But I think I don't know that we'll ever be on the same page about what that next step looks like. Because Black people, like any other ethnic group, you know, isn't a monolith of people. Like, we all have different ideas, different ways that we're impacting the world, different ways of expressing ourselves. So the question becomes, do we need to be on one accord about what's next? Or is it taking a more wide view of we need to move forward and progress. Right. And that's, I, what, I don't know, that's a question I ask. Yes. I yes. just feel like we shouldn't have to be digesting all of this trauma. And like right. Misha said, at the end of the day, you end up like, it doesn't go anywhere. So it's in we here. Because right. you're angry. And just like she said, right, they would kill him twice because now they're going to get arrested and nothing's going to happen. It's here. So the next time something happens, it's already there. You know? So from mm-hmm. your, yep. somewhere you hear something happen, it's or you get a picture on, on the front of the newspaper or something, mm-hmm. it, it's the same feeling. And just keep pot going boil over. You think they're yeah. burning up yet? Oh, it's true. So what do you think? I think, right, as you look at your... no, <laughs> Why are you shaking your head? <laughs> so I guess I'm curious about your thoughts nothing. on what's the, what's the cost, right? Like, I think you touched on this before, but I'm curious from an... When you move up from an individual level, right, what's the cost to um, communities, right? What do you think is the cost of desensitizing and consuming this type of of media? Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I as I after I finished talking a while ago, I started thinking back what I said, right? And we all know we 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 live here, and um, we agree. Without the video, nothing gets done. Because the person can always say, I don't remember the guy's name, but I don't know if you remember this one particular um, case where um, the guy, the police shot the man, and then um, when the... I don't remember his name. I, I should have remember his name because we were just talking about my husband. But someone was videotaping it, and he didn't know. So he, was, he threw something on the ground and was telling his partner to say that the guy had a gun or something. And, you know, I, I'm going to say, luckily, the, the partner was black. And he was like, no, I'm not going down with you for this, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that was caught on camera, a video. Now, my husband and I were talking about it, and I said, what if no one was videotaping it and the partner wasn't another black man with a conscience? Right. And he went along and say. Oh yeah, he had a gun, and we were trying to, you know, and that's why we shot him. Girl, believe, all the time. I believe, all the time. I believe it happens all the time. 
So I'm not saying, honestly, that the videotaping is wrong, right? I'm not saying they shouldn't share, because as Sharifa said, <laughs> we now live in a, a, a country where a lot of people, even people in the other parts of the world, unfortunately, they have to see. And it makes me ask, it makes me think, why is it that when a black man gets killed, mm -hmm. um, he can't get a fair um, assessment as to what happened, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's always, there's always a story behind it. And or the minute they get, he gets killed, then people go pick up, find out everything he's ever done in his entire life and right. say, you know, you're making him sound like he's a good guy. I don't care if he kill, if he robbed 15 banks right before you shoot him. The same way I can watch a white man with a gun in his hand pointing at, Misha, I think you sent me this video, pointing at police officer, walking around like a madman, and you're saying to him, drop the gun now we're going to shoot, drop the gun now we're going to shoot, and you don't shoot him right away. You give him that chance, right? Why can't we get a chance to go get a fair trial? That's what the system said, that everyone deserves a fair trial. Why can't we get that fair trial? Why is it that the minute you see us, it's like, boom, let's kill them, and then, oops, Oh, he was a bad guy. I don't care if he was a bad guy. Your law said that you wrote in your constitution, our constitution. Let me throw myself in there. I wonder if I feel it. <laughs> in our constitution, said everyone should get a fair trial. A man but we're not everyone, though. That's a the man, problem. Why would it be everyone? This is why. What bothers me. Right. Same that flows through our vein. Why can't we be everyone? Why is us and them? Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be a us and them. And that's why I, I, I told you this before. This country is I built on us and them. I try that is correct. About it because it's, it's, it's frustrating. Literally that. It, it's frustrating because I cannot understand why it's not just a country with human beings. You run there talking about make America great again. Um, white, white, white this and white that. Sweetie, America was that. America was not built, uh, white people didn't own America. If we want to really take it back to who truly are the true owners to, you know, for America. So if you want to make America great again, I guess you need to leave too. <laughs> if you right. want to really talk about it and be honest about it, you know? But my thing is, it shouldn't be us and them. We're all human beings. You know, Misha sent us that song with this black boy talking, talking about he just wants to live. I saw this um, um, thing on Facebook with a cop, a drawing, a cop turned to a little black kid and say to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh. And his answer was, I just want to live. And those things break my heart. That should, why can't it be I want to be a doctor? Why can't it be I want to be a lawyer? Yeah, why why you survive but so I think you bring up a good point. And sometimes I get frustrated with my, my own people about this because I think we know what we want to see happen, but I think things don't change because we want them to change, right? I think things change because we have to effect change, you know? Like, people in power aren't going to tell you how to take power. Like, that just, that's not how the world works. Right. And so I get frustrated because I have these conversations and people are often, you know, not surprised, but it's like shocked that these things are still happening or whatever kind of within that range. And I'm like, 
This is historically what has happened. That's correct. There is no like, nothing about this is surprising. <laughs> the only thing that's surprising to me is that we're still acting surprised. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. what are we surprised? Like, what? Yeah. What are we surprised about? Yeah. So I, I have that same exact feeling. I mean, yeah. I, I try to when I when I think about it, I I I don't when I hear when I hear other people, not black people. And I, as I said, I don't want to limit it to just white people because then there are other people who uh, think like white people also. But anyway, let's let's just stick to white people for now, just as a reference. Mm-hmm. Um, white people say, we want X, Y, and Z. Now, this is why I said there needs to be a point where we look beyond just our basic human rights because people aren't just going to give you things. It's like if, some, if, if you are raised and your mother says, okay, you're 18, here's $100. This has been passed down from your grandmother. And then you go outside with $100 and somebody says, you know, your grandmother stole that $100. You need to give me $50 of it. You're like, I'm sorry, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You need to go find your own $100. My grandfather gave me this $100 or whatever. Okay. They have their own beliefs. They've been passed down their own the system was made for them. They've been passed down from generation to generation to generation. The idea of how things are supposed to look for you to just come up and say, listen, I have a whole new viewpoint and I am going to challenge that. You may change one person. You may change two persons. You may change 20 people. But at the end of the day, that is not going to change the system. That's not going to change how things are set up unless you go and you do something about that. Um, I, yeah. This is where I am lost. This is where I'm lost because I'm like. But Mish, and I think I I would challenge that thinking because someone can say your grandmother stole that $100 and that's hearsay. Right. But we have history. We have proof. Uh, Showing them that the grandmother stole $100? We have proof. All the things that are in these museums belong to African people. There's no, you know, there's no, I heard, or this is what we think. No, this is recorded history. The same. But that would leave them broke. That would leave them broke. They don't want to be broke. They don't want to get, and I can't force them to have a different thinking. Right. Now you, we as a people need to say, okay, what, what do we do? Like, what, what do we well, do? What, because what we these do, people aren't going to change their thinking. Well, we have to walk in truth. I think that's one of the things we have to do. And one of the things we have to do about walking in truth is we need to know what the truth is. I think oftentimes we as Black people don't know. So it's hard sometimes to be in a conversation and try to educate our peers when we don't know the full story. Right. Right. You know? I do. I agree. I I agree with you. People aren't going to give up privilege um, that easily. But I also think we have to stick to sometimes what the facts are. Like this isn't my opinion about who owns what and what your people owe up. No, we talking proof. We we talking four hundred years of free labor. Like we talking proof. proof. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's why I said you can change one person. Yeah. I was going to say alongside of that, we kind of have to set our own, this is what we will take and this is what we expect 
-hmm. and this is what we deserve right based on who we are and like our worth because they keep moving the line well when you kill the system you get to change the rules exactly yeah oh just get educated oh just this oh do that you've been doing moving target moving target no so i'm not i'm not on that carousel going round and round with nobody this is why I don't know that the trauma porn is helping us in any way because it's not, it's not affecting any change. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you could take the L um, and everyone could see you and you could be like, he did this for a change. He did this for, she did this and it, right. uh, it, it made a difference. Then I'm like, okay, I can see that. But this is, names on names on names of of names of people um being circulated in their final moments or even um before that and then their history not positive being um judged up for no reason and then nothing coming of it as you said they just move the line you're like okay we want our basic rights well here's the basic of the basic and people like "Mm, this may do and then they, it just get worse. And worse I wonder if we're too soft, though. I wonder if we're too soft because I wonder when did people care about like apartheid? Like, what did they go through? What did people go through with like lynching and stuff? And what did they have to witness? I mean, it seems to be our our situation in life. And I don't know if maybe we weren't prepared enough when we're growing up about who we are and the fight that we will have in this world so we're just not prepared for this because i i'm i'm not prepared for this so i'm not either granted because we haven't lived through yeah because i wonder when people were struggling through like lynching and stuff and it took forever for any of that stuff to get out think about apartheid Mm -hmm. it took a while for people to see that stuff on and the world got outraged so can you imagine what they went through before anyone cared Right. Um, and so that's probably what we're going through now before, because I can tell that people are more angry this time because more people that are usually silent are talking out. But I still see severe foolishness, so I don't know. But I think there's more people outraged this time. And maybe we have to keep we, we, black people go keep dying till enough people care to do something. I don't know. Well, Shari, you know, a good point. What is, the, what is the solution? I must say, uh, one solution that we should definitely, that definitely needs to happen is more unity among the black race. You exactly. know, we're just not united. Exactly. Not united. That's correct. So you have, right now, right now, you have some that is saying the man was murdered. And then you have some who are saying, no, he wasn't, you know, rightfully death or whatever, who, who are agreeing, you know? <laughs> so I, and slavery. I, I, that's also correct is correctness to say you know i know we keep saying white people no we're not saying every single white person is bad absolutely not <laughs> you know we're not we're not saying every single white person feels the same way and, and they they're all no we're not saying that we're just looking at the big picture the um, but among the black race assistant thank you but among the black race there's no unity and they, right. they know that they, right. everybody knows that the difference so the, between them and us is we are not organized. Well, they created that. This is what I'm saying. Let me let me say this. Non-black people know more about black history than black people. 
right mm -hmm. but right. I, and i'm not saying that that's we can even talk about where to go next i'm like we need to understand where we've been and i think a lot of people don't understand but we, we but that is not a thing that change. are ours mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry. Say what you're no, saying. I was just agree with Carrie. I was just saying we demonize, demonize a lot of things that are intrinsically ours because of how it was presented to us by um, secular society, by yeah. not ourselves. It's I can't oh, remember oh. this young lady's name. Oh my gosh. I now need to go ask my husband her name because I was listening to an interview from her. Um, she's a very avid Trump supporter. She advocates for him a lot. God, I need to remember her name. I honestly want to call her out. I know who you're talking about. Oh my goodness. And she's married to this British guy. Yes. She's a Fox Cart. Yeah. She's married what to a British her? guy. She's I know who you're talking about. I don't Candace know. Owens. Definitely. Candace Owens? Oh, maybe it is Candace Owens. Anyway. But yeah, I was listening to uh, an interview from her. She was talking about how amazing Trump has been towards the black race and towards for black people. Uh, yeah, Owens, that same person. And I'm saying to myself, oh my God, and this is why we are where we are. Mm -hmm. Because the question the guy asked her is, do you hate people in America with black skin? <laughs> Mind you, she's darker than me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And he's asking her that question based on the things that she's saying. Mm -hmm. And she's like, Trump has done so much for the black race, and, and Trump has taken um, black people off, off welfare and, and, and forced them to go work. But in my mind, I'm saying to myself, she's now saying to these people that black race is lazy. So that's why we're upset with Trump, because Trump is no longer giving us welfare. So now we have to go work. So that's why we're upset. And I'm like, see, and that's the reason why we are, we are facing what we're facing right now. Yeah, but she, I think, represents 1%, in my mind. I don't know a lot of Black people that think that. 1%, they make a difference. <laughs> they do, but I do think, is it that they make a difference because they're so in a position to what the majority feel? Because my question is, if the majority's voice is as loud as the 1%, Right. You Louder know I mean? than 1%. Yes, right. I agree. Uh, the, the issue is not the 1%. The issue is not the Trump-loving, Black-hating blacks. That's not the issue. The issue is, as we said, we don't know the way that Char was putting it before about are we soft is that it's almost watered down now where your grand your grandparents you're get, getting further away from the harsh realities of it the stuff that's blatant the stuff in front of your face and now it's coming back and you're like wait a minute this didn't happen 400 years ago this is happening right now and so you have to face it but they didn't teach you about that stuff and so now you got to go learn about it learn how they were dealing with it try to deal with it now you're not on the same page because nobody don't know what happened before nobody don't know what's going on now it, we uh, and this is where I said when I said the difference is that we are not organized. We, it's not like they taught us. I didn't learn about these things in school. Obviously, I mean I didn't go to high school here. I don't know if they teach you this in high school, but 
I can't speak for what I don't know. So I'm going to assume it doesn't happen, but I don't know. Um, so it's not like they're teaching you these things. So everybody has to take it up on themselves now to learn these things. Um, and not only learn it, but then take the extra step now to see if there's something that you can do about it. So we are already a, a step behind. And mm -hmm. the problem is, is that now we need to figure out how to catch up. That's the problem. And I don't think outrage and doing all these things is going to get us there because it's not fair. It's already not fair. Circulating these things is not going to make it any more fair. It's not going to make them treat us any differently. It's not going to make them think of us any differently. The, the difference is now they realize that they could say what they were thinking. Um, their opinions that they had before were justified. And we're saying, no, your thoughts aren't justified. But that still does not change anything. It doesn't change the system. It changes a person, but not the system. And that's the problem is that I don't know where, I don't know how the system will change, where things will change. And that's, that's where I get like frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to my husband. Said a while ago, and I mean, I think what, what some of us need to do, and especially any of us that know better, mm -hmm. we need to ensure that we teach the, the generation that's coming up. Right. Because we're waiting for they to do it. We still right. Even, right? Right? They're not going to change the curriculum for us. I can promise you that. If nope. it's not in their interest to do that. And this is what right. with me. I'm like, they're not. This is why you, as Adventists, send your children to Adventist school. Because you want to instill in them Adventist, right? Principles. This is why people love sending their kids to Catholic school. They want to have a certain curriculum that pushes morals and values and education in a certain way. I look at Black education in the same way. Mm -hmm. That mainstream school yes. system isn't designed for that. It's mm -hmm. designed for people to learn how to write checks. Like, how are they not teaching financial literacy in school? <laughs> but you can get a credit card at 18. You like, you out here spending money. You don't know what to do with it. It's yeah. like mm -hmm. the system isn't designed in that way. Right? Yeah. Um, from a teacher's perspective, because it's one curriculum. Right. <laughs> one curriculum that, that, everyone follows whether you're in a, a black community a mixed community a white community it's one curriculum per state every state adopts their own but it's one curriculum and as you said they're not going to want to help us to be more literate about these things so it's not going to be placed in the curriculum so you take a, a school that's in a majority urban community and you give them that same curriculum, it's not in there. And so you're left with the parents to educate their, their child, but those parents are working two or three jobs. They don't have time to sit their sons and their daughters down when they come home and say, okay, this is what happened in the past. So you go through the system with the same, same thing. Yeah. Same. And now we're behind. And then what? That's the problem. And then what? Because then the system has not changed and they're yeah. still killing black people like dogs in the street and we're still outraged and we're still burning down buildings and we're still like, we're not, we're not, we want, right. we want rights, we want all these things, but 
we should want more. Yes, as I said, we need to have our basic rights. We do. But we, I, I want to have more than that. I want to have an education. I want to be able to send my child to school and for them to learn about um, the things that happen so that they're, they can move forward. You can't move forward unless you know what happened. So it's already, we're already behind. And we that's, that's the problem. That age, but I think as we're, we're wrapping up and I want you ladies to share just your key takeaways from this discussion, because it's such an important conversation. And I know that we would love to keep this kind of going, but I want to hear from you about, you know, what your key takeaways are. Um, Mish talks about kind of this frustration at the system, and I, I think we all 100% agree. But I think the silver lining is the system is made up of people, right? right. So the judges that sign in orders and send in, send in the, sending young black men to jail, they have families, they have friends, mm -hmm. they're regular human beings. We endow them with power through the system, but the system is made up of people just like you and I. Right. And how do we impact? not just the, the paperwork of the system, but the people in the system that's implementing, right? right. So I, I do think there's some, there's some silver lining here for change. It's just how, do this, how does that change happen? So before we kind of wrap up today, what are your takeaways? Um, I, I guess I want to say at least two or three things. First thing is that you need to be cognizant of how you're using social media how you're consuming the information, how is it affecting us as a people, how is it affecting you? Forget how it's affecting us as a people. How is it affecting you as a person? Um, only consume what you know you can consume. Make sure you have, you're dealing with your mental health because I'm telling you, I know I can't deal with it. And I'm not going to let people tell me, oh, but you need to see it because this is what they're doing to the people. I know that's what they're doing. I don't need to see it to know. So if you need to see it, then I'm all good for that. If you need to see it to believe that they're treating us a certain way in this situation that he was in the right, then I'm okay with that as long as you're okay with that. But just be cognizant of how you're using um, and consuming the media in every shape and form, TV, Instagram, every kind of media. Um, the other thing I want to say is that um, I don't think there is, and even after this conversation, I, I think this is bigger than obviously one conversation. I think this is bigger than these one, two, three, ten protests. It's it's going to have, it's going to be um, change over time. Um, and I think these protests are very necessary. The conversations that are coming up from this very necessary. Um, I'm thinking about the fact that I guarantee you, I will never discuss this with anyone I work with ever. And, and that is something that needs to be, that's something I need to think about. Um, so the conversations or lack thereof that come from this are very important. But the third thing I wanted to make sure that we know is that as much as I never valued voting before now, and that's because obviously you guys know I wasn't a citizen. I was a citizen of Jamaica before. Um, I hadn't lived there for a while, so voting in Jamaica wasn't really a big thing for me. And I, we can discuss that a whole, that's a whole other topic. But we have to think beyond having a black president 
having a female president, having a president of color, we have to think beyond president and think more local and think when we put people in place, how does that affect? And yes, if you have a president, as we can see with Trump, it makes a big difference. And yes, your vote, if it's just for president, makes a big difference. But we have to start thinking from the ground up. We have to build from the ground up. People are trying to build from the top, like tear off the top and try to put something up there. And the bottom is just propped up by nothing. And mm-hmm. that just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's disheartening and it's discouraging. And it's, I'm just frustrated with the whole system. Um, so to me, those are my, it's a lot. Those are my takeaways. Thank you for sharing. One thing, one thing to pretty much say, we, we are people who are not united. Mm-hmm. And we just need to find a way um, to not only educate ourselves, not only educate our kids, but to also become united. Um, Misha is right. You cannot build from the top down. Without foundation, <laughs> your building is going to crumble, it's going to fall. And that's where I think we are. The, the foundation is so bad that no matter who is at the top, there will not be any change. So I, I just feel like we really need to start from the foundation. And, and those local um, elections, I have to admit, I never cared about before now. I, let me tell you, for every president, I was there in that line to go vote. The yeah. locals, I'm like, oh, eh, whatever. No, no, because you're right. Your foundation, it goes back to start with the foundation. And, and, and that's something that I think everyone should think about. Your foundation needs to be solid. And unity among Black people needs to happen. Otherwise, they will not, we won't see any change. And the march, I'm all for it. The protests, I'm all for it. But there will not be any change until we, we figure out how to become united as a people. Right. Um, <laughs> ditto everything. Ditto everything. Um, I'm sure everybody knows me. My family knows me. I walk around like begging people to vote. I show up at every election, not only in November, anytime they have an election, (laughs) I'll be be there. Um, But for the trauma porn, you know, I must agree with what we've been saying throughout that, you know what, if these things aren't recorded, sometimes, you know, they don't tend to believe us. So it's definitely serves a purpose. Um, And like me says, some people need to see it to act and that's fine. But I'm standing on broadcasting someone's pain is exploitation. I think it's dehumanizing. And um, I found a quote, and I like it because even what Misha said brought it back. Some Mm -hmm. fail to care, and this is dealing with the trauma porn. Others fail to heal. And sometimes nothing changes for for whose pain is passed around mindlessly. So we just have to be cognizant, and we just have to be careful that we're not just passing pain along and just retweeting and sharing and broadcasting without acting and 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 then not expecting everyone to go become immediately educated and vote but like misha said say something she she doesn't even think she's gonna have a conversation with somebody at her job you see something and you're outraged it doesn't matter if you've never talked about racism before it doesn't matter if you don't feel comfortable talking it's not supposed to be something to be comfortable talking about say something change your space Change your space in your home, change your space in your family, change your space at your worship place of worship, change your place at school, in the supermarket, 
do yeah. something, do anything, please. Like, don't just like have these people out here having the second death. It's just not, it's not right to me. Right. Agree. Okay. I agree with Charles 100%. I do think to your point, there is a purpose for showing something as evidence, but as social media consumers and we're, con you know, producing content in some ways, tell the whole story, right? This is a human being with a life, with children, with a wife, with brothers, with sisters, with a mother. If you are trying to tell this man's story, then tell his story. And his story isn't encompassed in eight minutes in which he died. His story was a whole life, right? Mm -hmm. And I do think one of the things that I've been taking away from this, this conversation, and then I want to share as a summary, is telling the whole story. If you're going to post pictures of this man, post pictures of his life and the things he did that was impacting the world. The other thing that Shar mentioned that I also agree with 100% is changing, changing your surroundings, right? Like change happens in your minutia. Whatever you're doing every day, the people you're talking to every day for work, for church, for your peer groups, that's where change, like real sustainable change happens. Because we have these big bang moments where we're protesting and we're angry and, and then in two weeks it subsides and we're back to the minutia. That's mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. so what are those conversations? Like be intentional in your conversations in those everyday moments that don't seem like they matter, but they matter. Um, and so I think those are the two things that I, I would like to share as just takeaways from today. And be safe emotionally, you know, be safe emotionally because it takes a toll. And before you know it, you are here raging in these streets because you <laughs> Take care of yourself. Take care. Yep, I agree. I'll, I'll be one of those in the streets <laughs> acting. Listen. <laughs> Thank oh, you, ladies, so much. This was Thank a, you, a really um, great episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your insight um, and for sharing. Till next Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. I'm a young black man doing all that I can to stay. Oh, but when I look around and I see what's being done to my kind every day, I'm being hunted as prey. My people don't want no trouble. We've had enough struggle. I just want to live, God protect me, I just want to live, I just want to live. Friends, that's all for today's episode of Relationship Pasa Pasa. Thanks so much for joining us today. You could have been anywhere in the virtual world, but you were here with us. We hope you join us again in two weeks for our next dose. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast on wherever you find and listen to podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. So you never miss an episode. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can also connect with us on Instagram at relationshippasapasa, all one word if you are on the social media situations. We can't wait to hear from you. Like seriously, 
We can't wait to hear what you think about our episode and also connect with us about topics you'd like to hear us discuss. Thank you again for listening. Until next time, walk good.